What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Nickel Up Podcast. This week, we had our boy Christian Plord, a.k.a. Severin, on the pod. He's a local North Shore, Massachusetts kid who's killing it out in L.A. right now. He's blowing up on TikTok, and he's creating his own music, all while building his personal brand and getting his nickel up. Make sure to like, subscribe, and comment, and stay tuned for more. Thanks, guys. I just filmed a podcast like a week ago. Nice. What yeah. did you do? Uh, you guys know who Ski Mask Girl is? Yeah. Two to- Terry Tony? Yeah. yeah okay. I just filmed Ski Mask Girls. Nice. How'd they go? Honestly, so sick. There's a lot of like positive reinforcement in the comments. So That was but, in LA? Yeah. Yeah. They're in Nashville now. Actually, I'm going to see them when I'm there. So. Cool. But awesome. we filmed in LA. Which yeah. camera am I looking at too? Well, kind so of wherever. Cool. You can look at, I mean, just. They're all pointed at you. Yeah, and then like, that one's only on me and Either that one's so. only on you too. Sick. So. Cool. Um. Yeah, so our podcast is like Nickel Up. We kind of just talk to anybody who's doing cool stuff, anybody who's, you know, trying to get their nickel up, trying to make a couple bucks, trying to set themselves up for success. So um, you just kind of want to start by telling us, you know, who you are and what you've been up to these last couple of years. Sure, man. I mean, my name's Christian Plord. I'm obviously from the North Shore, you know, Peabody, Massachusetts, and I professionally go by Severin. Um, When I got into entertainment, I wanted something bigger than me to build a brand around. And, uh, you know, when I started releasing music, it just kind of made sense. So I got involved in social media when I was 19. And, you know, there's just so many routes you can take, whether it's business, music, entertainment, anything. And, uh, yeah, this is where I'm at now. So I'm living on the West Coast, L.A., and uh, I've been there for three years. Yeah. You've been dipping your toes into a lot of stuff, right? I mean, you're doing music, you're doing some modeling. Yes, Um, sir. Anything else? Uh, Yeah, man. I'm actually in the midst of creating my own podcast right now. So this is, you know, pretty good practice for me. But um, yeah, also building a clothing brand too. I think a lot of people you see like Travis Scott dips his toes with the fashion. Kanye West dips his toes in the fashion and then they build the whole brand around it. So I was super inspired by that, not only from an artist you know, standpoint, but from a, cre- uh, a creative standpoint. And so uh, I get a lot of questions, you know, now that I'm in modeling too, like what I wear, you know, how it fits, things like that. And it just inspired me to get into like my own brand. So I'm building a clothing brand. I just kind of want to, you know, build like this big entrepreneurship kind of brand under me and just kind of be like the creative director of everything so when you, when you first like got into what was music at the beginning yeah. right where did you see it going what were your kind of goals dude a lot of people don't know this i mean my friend behind the camera he'll, he'll be able to tell you i was releasing like rap songs on soundcloud in high school like i always knew i wanted to do music and my i come from a line of musicians with my dad being a professional guitarist and my grandmother being a professional pianist so when I first started, dude, I thought my route was going to be completely different. I thought I was going to have to get like heavy in the marketing, like ground up SoundCloud rapper. And then um, I knew with my image and my voice and like songwriting, I wanted to be like more into like the pop and like the mainstream music. So once, you know, TikTok started to blow up and that became like the modern leverage for musicians, I was like, dude, I'm just going to focus on this right now and whatever I can do with it, that's going to be my marketing tool. So I mean, when I started, I thought it was going to be a completely different route, but I'm happy with where it's taken me, and I think I'm, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. So you got into TikTok kind of by accident in, in yeah. a way? Yeah, dude. I was sitting in a college dorm, and I had some girls tell me I looked like a TikToker. I was like, you guys caught on here or no? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I was like, what the fuck's a TikToker? You know what <laughs> I mean? So I was like, um, they kind of explained it to me. I kind of just told the story too on another podcast and I was like, bro, I tried a video out. It got like 3000 views and I was like, okay, this is enough for me to try again. 
and I obviously grew up watching YouTubers and I was like, dude, this kind of sick. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll test it out. And, um, once I started getting like tens of thousands of views, I was like, there might be something here. Um, and I wasn't like, you know, a lot of those 16, 17 year old kids that were getting on it at the time and just using it as like, a, oh, people can see my face. I was like, no, there's a real business opportunity here. I was in school for, you know, finance and marketing. And I was like, what can I actually do with this? I hated school. I wanted to drop out. I'd always been, you know, passionate about entertaining. So I got on TikTok on accident and then it became on purpose. Yeah. Did you graduate from college? Nah, man, no. I dropped out. Uh, I transferred schools after my first semester. I had broken my foot. I was like on crutches. I figured I'd just come home and just do the local thing. And then after that first year, COVID hit and I was like, bro, I'm out. You know what I mean? So I dropped out. Where were you at school? I was at Bryant University. Okay. Yeah. I ended up dropping out. So. When was, you know, the first kind of transition from, you know, getting to social media, TikTok, like dabbling with it to, oh shit, I could make this into a career for myself. Yeah, dude. Um, I first, I didn't know anything about the money making side. And once I started reaching a certain amount of views, I had friends in the game who were starting to make some money. And I was like, okay, what are you guys doing? Like, how are you making this? They're like, I have a manager. So the first thing I knew was kind of like, you know, as a social media influencer was kind of like, I compared it to being an employee. The manager gets the deal, brings it to you. And I'd heard about the type of money they were getting. So I took a call with this manager and he was like, I'm only taking one more client. You're friends with the people on my roster. Let's see if it works. We'll do like a month to month thing. And I took it with him and we started to make a little bit of money and it was more than, you know, my friends were making at their jobs. And I kind of started telling my parents and once it got to a point where I was seeing like consistent income, I looked at my mom and I said, you know, if I hit this amount by this time or, you know, I can show you that this is consistent, like, can I leave school? And she was like, you know, you could leave school right now. Like, you're you. This is your life. She was such a big supporter of me. But I really asked my grandfather who was like on me about going to school. I was like, look, I'm making money. I don't know if this opportunity is going to ever come again. My manager just asked me to move to L.A. You know, it'll bring more money. Good network. I jumped on it. So yeah. how long have you been doing it for that at that time? Dude, it just hit a little over three years mark that I lived in L.A. So that means I've probably been doing social media like three and a half years. OK. Yeah. So that was four. about six months into. Yeah, exactly. Later. Six months in, I had hit like 700,000 followers, which is pretty fast for a lot of people. I know some people that, you know, start social media, get a million followers immediately. And then I know people who have been doing it for five years, haven't seen a million. Um, I fortunately had something that kind of just took off for me, which is like me playing basketball um, in like a very fuck boyish manner, I guess. And, you know, I was just like, you know, whatever works, works. I'm going to do something now so that later I can leverage it. And that happened. I remember I hit my first a million followers about eight months in. And that's when my parents were like, all right, like you can do this. You know what I mean? Um, they believed in me and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Did the basketball content, have you, you know, since, you know, been able to connect with NBA players or other yeah. basketball influencers like in that space? Dude, a hundred percent. That's like the best thing or probably my best kept secret is like playing basketball. Cause I meet a lot of people in social media that are like, Oh, I hoop. I'm like, do you really hoop? You know what I mean? One thing is like going to a prep school and then like preparing to play, you know, at the next level and things like that. But I do, I've definitely like been able to connect with a lot of people out there, whether it's content creators or like former division one players, um, overseas players, NBA players. And, um, dude, they're just all good people and incredible basketball players. So 
I guess that's the most fun. Like when you like work hard, play hard, like you can step aside from social media and be like, let's all run. And you're not just playing pickup with your boys from high school. Like these are serious hoopers. So um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, how else have you networked out in LA um, mm-hmm. besides basketball? Because I mean, I, I assume that it's kind of a tricky territory to navigate when everybody's trying to make a name for themselves. Yeah, bro. And that's the number one thing I always want to thank my first manager for is that opportunity to live there because that's how I built my network. Um, so I got in this content house and it was, you know, an all girls content house at the time. And so for me, and you plus me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they're, you know, they're like my sisters. I'm like their brother. I know a lot of people say like, Oh, they're like sisters. Like, no, these girls are like literally like my sisters. You know, they had just moved across the country. Um, you know, everybody kind of wants, you know, my manager wanted somebody who can hold down the house. Like if anything weird happens, kick someone out almost like a security guard in a way, but you're the also influencer, an the, Yeah. Yeah. Right. So living with um, these other influencers who were fresh, new to L.A., a lot of people wanted to meet them. So, like, you know, if we would host parties, they were girls, so they'd invite their girlfriends. And, you know, obviously, you have to have guys at a party, too. It's just a big mix. It's a melting pot. So getting there was, you know, the easiest thing for me. I just woke up, and I was at the party. It was my house. You know what I mean? I didn't know anybody, but when I was there, I just spoke to them. I'm like, oh, who are you? Oh, you're so-and-so's friend? Nice to meet you. This is my house. You need anything, let me know. And of course, it's not my house, but that's what my manager's like just having me do. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of, if I have to kick someone out, I have to kick someone out. If I let someone in, I'll let someone in. And bro, just being around the right people, like when they say like your network is your net worth, so true, bro. Like I know people with infinite times the following as me, maybe infinite amounts of money higher than me but they don't have the network. You know what I mean? Like if I'm out somewhere, oh, we need a reservation, I'll call so-and-so. Oh, you need this person on your podcast? Oh, I met him last week. You know what I mean? Something like that is just so important to me because it's allowed me to sustain myself in such a big city with, like you said, so many people trying to do the same thing. Um, Yeah, just being in the right place at the right time and capitalizing, being my authentic self um, and being of service to people. Just want to be nice and there's a lot of fake people in LA and if I can show them I'm a real person, I think they appreciate that. Is that something, you know, moving there that you kind of had in your mind? Cause LA has this just stigma. It's like, you yeah. know, everyone's fake. Everyone's just trying to, you know, leech off you for clout or whatever. Yeah. Did you have that in mind moving there or was there just kind of some kind of mindset or was it just natural? That's, that's who you are. Uh, dude, my mom, shout out to my mom. She always told me to just be myself no matter where I'm at. And as cliche as that sounds, it's what's worked for me. You know, just being myself, not like, I see a lot of people trying too hard if they meet, you know, their favorite actor, musician, some celebrity, they're like, you know, kind of kiss assing or something. Dude, they're just a human at the end of the day. And I'm like, yo, I'm Christian. I go by Severin. If you hear people calling me that, that's why. And I'm like, if you need anything, let me know. Keep it short, sweet, simple. Just be a good person. And, you know, when I first got there, I thought it was more like Hollywood was where like that existed, like the acting world or something. But bro, that's everywhere. Like as stereotypical as it is, like there are people who super fake, superficial, you know, do things for cloud, cloud farming, whatever you want to call it. But on the contrary, there is a solid group of people who, you know, come from outside of LA. They stick to their roots, good family people, good friends. Maybe they're grounded in their faith. Um, Just like any city, no matter where you look, like if you can find good in yourself, you can find good in other people. I think that's kind of where I'm at. You know what I mean? You reap what you sow and, um, to the contrary of the stigma of there's like fake people in LA. I've met a lot of real ones too. So, yeah. Um, was there, you know, a moment like probably in the first like six months of moving out there that you were ever like super starstruck or like it kind of like, like just hit <laughs> at one at once. Yeah, bro. Um, when I had certain people coming over my house, 
it's not that I was starstruck. It just wasn't normal. You know what I mean? Like, cause that was their normal. I think I don't really get starstruck over celebrities, but the one time I was, I grew up a big Justin Bieber fan. Mm -hmm. And the first time I was in a room with him was that for me was like, whoa, you know what I mean? Cause everyone else, like, like I say, never meet your idols or, you know, your idols become your rivals, whatever. My idols have definitely not become my rivals. If anything, I've, you know, been fortunate enough to make friends with them. Anybody that I grew up watching or looking up to is, you know, they might even be in my phone, you know, my contact list. They're all my friends. But the one person who's kind of like that unreachable, like person that I was starstruck was Bieber. And that's like a few times now, like no matter how many times I see him, I'm like, whoa, you know, that's kind of like my goat. What's it like to like be in the room with your childhood hero and you're trying to kind of, you know, while creating your own brand, you're still mm -hmm. trying to emulate his success. Yeah, dude, it's, um, you kind of have to suppress your inner child and understand that a million people are coming up to them with the same story. Oh, you like, you're my childhood hero. Like he probably gets that every day. Like what separates me from them? You know what I mean? And that's that authenticity we just spoke about. It's like, if I, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm not going to force myself to go say hi. You know, if it's organic, I'm going to say, hi, this is, you know, I'm so-and-so. Um, I look up to you. I appreciate what you're doing. And the, the number one thing I would probably say to someone like that is like, I love how you use your platform for God, something like that. And give them something that like resonates with them at their heart. And uh, yeah, bro, it's just, you got to suppress your inner self and understand this is a business that everyone, you know, they probably get a million highs in the same stories every day. So you got to do something to differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself, set you apart and yeah, bro, I just kind of suppress that inner child and just humanize them because everyone wants to be humanized at that level. It's cool to hear you say that because we had um, another guest on our podcast and he's a, he's a jeweler and mm -hmm. he just opened up a, a store down in the Rentham Outlets. But Sick. his name's Matt Nasser, mm -hmm. and what his dad always told him was even if you're going up to Drake or LeBron, you go up to him and you say, hey, I'm Matt Nasser, I'm a jeweler. And mm -hmm. kind of like you said, you know, I'm, you're not going to say oh, I'm the your biggest fan in the entire world. Mm -hmm. You're going up to him and you're saying, hey, I'm Severin. You know, you inspired me. This is exactly. what I'm doing. Exactly, mm -hmm. bro. It's like you got to have that sense of identity because the one thing I've noticed is if you're, let's say it's a some sort of gathering party event and there's like a set list, right? Anybody that's in that room is meant to be in that room. They were invited by somebody, right? So you can't go up to them and just start off with this crazy fan energy. It's one thing to be like appreciative of an, of an artist's work, but they're probably at the event to enjoy themselves. The last thing they probably want to do is deal with the outside world. So if you can go up to them and say, yo, I'm so-and-so, this is what I do. You've established your identity. Because if I go up to someone and I say, yo, Drake, I'm your biggest fan. Now I'm Drake's fan. I go, yo, Drake, I'm a content creator. Drake, I'm an artist myself. Drake's going to remember me as, oh, that's so-and-so whether it's competition or whether we're friends, you know what I mean? You have an identity. I think that's the number one thing. Like people lose their identity, whether it's in materialistic things or, you know, they just throw away their whole career identity when they see someone that they look up to because they'd rather be a fan of theirs than a friend of theirs. And that's where I say, just be true to yourself because one day that person might want to be your friend. You know what I mean? So. It must've been hard. Um, Cause like, you know, you move out there, you're coming from the East coast. Like you have, you know, you're mentally pretty put together um with just your mindset and the way you operate but sustaining that through the past three years like what's that been like has it yeah. been up and down have there yeah. been a lot of just like challenges dude i tell people it looks like a heartbeat you know it's just up down up down uh success isn't linear you know there's probably uh, 99 fails for that one success you know what i mean but for me going out there i, I thought i had a pretty level head on my shoulders you know, coming from the East Coast, I always say the realest people come from the North Shore, man, up here, the Northeast, whether it's like New York, Boston, Jersey. Um, but there's real people everywhere, like I said. 
But long story short, um, I've definitely came with my roots, lost myself, found myself, lost it all, built it back. It's like, you ever hear those stories of like the entrepreneur, the millionaire who gains it all, loses it all. And, you know, it's like rinse and repeat at that point. Um, but that's also like what growing up is like, I didn't go out there as a 30 year old man who knew who I was. I was a 19 year old kid figuring out life, just getting in the entertainment industry. Like this TikTok thing hadn't been out for five years. Like this is like a brand new market. So a lot of it was like trial and tribulation. And the one thing that kept me like level headed, no matter how low I got or how high I got was, like I said, my faith one in God, remembering that like, I'm not better than anybody but I'm here to serve others and him, most importantly, and to my family. Dude, if I ever stepped out of line, my mom was there to correct me. Like, you're losing yourself. Like, what are you doing? Like, and I'm so grateful to have, like, great family and great friends that if I ever got low, I could call them. They could remind me, like, who I was. And um, I just never lost myself to the game or materialism or anything else that could, you know, suffice me for the moment because I had a good system back home. Did your family ever come out and visit? And yeah. see that house and go to any parties or <laughs> yeah dude, my twin brother came out and i'm happy that he came out when he did because he got to reap the benefits of like when la was like in its peak you know in my in, in terms of like parties and fun um you know he's not the biggest party guy so you know i'm just happy he got to meet the people because he's built a decent network for himself but my mom has visited me um a few times um for better or for worse you know if i was doing good or bad and um i'm just happy to show her that like you know there's better weather than boston so, yeah. When you went out there, did you know anybody um, like other than um, your manager? Or Dude, I knew maybe four people. My manager and a couple of the people that I was going to live with who were also, you know, who I never really had met in person. I had done a couple trips uh, before L.A., obviously visiting there, making sure I want to live there. And um, then I had gone to like New Jersey. I had done Miami. I think I did. Um Virginia Beach or what's the, Myrtle Beach? Sorry, in South Carolina. I'd met with a couple influencers. So I knew like a decent amount of people like from the outside world. But living in L.A., of those people that I did the trips with, there was maybe like three or four. So I was going in there like kind of like, you know, a freshman at a new university at a big school. And like it's either make a break. You either make a name for yourself or you just get swallowed in the pack. So I went out there knowing like three or four people. But God willing, made a good network. And uh, my manager helped me out and the people around me helped me out. So. You brought up like the almost like golden age of like L.A. Yeah. What are the biggest differences from like three years ago, two years ago to to now? Yeah, dude, I think three years ago it was everyone was trying to network themselves. You know what I mean? They're all in a common goal of like, let's all lift each other up. Um, and like I said, for better or for worse, some people had ill intentions. Some people had the best intentions, but everyone was going out. Everybody knew everybody. Dinners were bigger. Parties were bigger. Um, and now it's like a lot of people have taken the money and the network they've made and gone to live a more meek lifestyle or quiet life. Maybe they live on their own. Maybe they're not going out all the time. People just grew up. You know what I mean? So I think the reason it was like a golden age, cause I compare it to like, like the craziest frat party, but instead of like college guys and girls, it's like, you know, influencers, celebrities, athletes, you know, actors, artists, whatever it is. So it was like this just giant melting pot of everyone trying to go to the top at one point. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. How were you able to curate like a, like a strong circle around you to, mm -hmm. you know, people to collaborate with people just to kind of go out with in general? Because mm -hmm. you got all these kids, you know, that are being thrown all this money for the first time, yeah. you know, living on their own. They probably don't know how to act. Like, how are you just finding good people? Dude, mine was actually the opposite. I never cared about posting with those people. 
So when I first met them, they realized, oh my gosh, this guy's like not trying to make a video with me. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't want anything from me. And the truth was I didn't. I already lived in a good house. I was making money for myself. Like, yeah, could they have helped my career? Sure. But I thought long-term. I knew people like genuine connections just as I do. So I actually did the opposite instead of being like trying to network with everybody. Let's post this. Let's do that. I built a good network for myself literally by just being myself as if I was to meet somebody on the streets here. Oh, you're so-and-so's boy. Let's go hang out. Let's grab lunch. And then actually following up with those plans. So once they saw that I didn't want anything from them, they probably figured that I was just like different in that aspect, which kind of sounds sad in a lot of ways, but um, dude, it, it works so much because now I've built genuine connections and I wasn't doing it in a fake way of like, oh, I'm going to not post. And then when we become good friends with them, I'm going to post with them. It's like, no, people would just see me out in public with them and they'd, you know, text me. I didn't know you were friends with this person. So like, yeah, because I don't post that because we're like, we're actually friends. Mm-hmm. I know so many people who are like, you know, just friends with people transactionally for what they can provide them. It's like, no, nah, man, I, that's what work is. I have transactional relationships. That's what business partners are in certain things. Like, of course, I'm going to, you know, mess with them on a personal level in some aspect. But dude, if I'm like hanging out with you, I don't want anything from you. I'm there because you make my life better. or Hopefully I make your life better. So I found a good circle just by being authentic with those people. And, you know, they were authentic with me. You kind of just touched on this topic right there. But obviously, like any person that is, you know, a social media creator or even just like relevant on social media in this age, um, I feel like struggles with the balance between putting everything and like filming everything and putting that all on camera and your whole life being on camera, but then also just like living in the moment and having your own like personal space. How did you go about that? Dude, I've actually suffered at one point where like, I almost like didn't post enough. You know what I mean? Where I was like too busy. Like, oh no, screw that. Like I'm trying to live in the moment. Um, and that's when I had like good people step up and be like, no, this is, you know, actually my new manager was the one who's like, no, you got to film this. Like, it's okay to do that. Um, and for me, it was learning from my elders. So learning from other creators, like, yo, this is the time when to post this is when we're being personable. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, it's trial and tribulation to some degree, but I know a lot of people who like will shy away from certain influencers because they're like, oh, that person's going to have their phone out 24 seven. You know, we're trying to live our life. Maybe we don't want this to be like shown. And then there's people who don't put their phone out at all and they're burning a hole in their pocket because they like, you're missing an opportunity, whatever it is. Like if everybody's creating content, it's probably okay to create content. You know what I mean? Don't be that guy that like purpose is like, nah, like, oh, I don't need to film this. Like I'm too cool for that. You know what I mean? So, um, dude, it was hard at first, like not knowing when to film or when not. And if anything, I actually was the guy that's like, I'm going to put my phone away and just focus on networking. And for me, it worked, but I learned eventually, like I do have to film some things, but yeah, to answer your question, I think it's just learning from managers, um, social media, influencers, artists, actors, um, musicians, whatever it was that were in the game before me that was like, okay, this is when we network. This is when we socialize. You know what I mean? This is when we post, this is when we film. And, um, yeah, bro, it's just, you feel it out. You just read the room. Like you guys are good people. Like I'm sure you wouldn't have a problem with it. You just kind of read the room. How does that like balance? Like, do you, do you feel a bit more balanced now that you've kind of like tackled that? Obviously it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. It's you're never going to be perfect. Yeah. There's no like perfect line, you mm-hmm. know, and, and balance, but how does that feel now? Yeah, dude, I kind of, um, I treat it like a job. I saw Eminem at one point treated the studio like a job. You know, I mean, there's some story out there where he was like in the studio from nine to five and when five hit, he like just clocked out type thing. But I also know there's probably nights where he stayed there till like 4 a.m. And um, 
a lot of these influencers treat their job like I can work whenever I can do whatever. And I did that for a bit. And like it was, you know, it was like social suicide. I think it's better for me now because I know, okay, I've built the brand for myself. I'm going to film before I see everyone. Because if I go see people, I'm not going to want to film. You know what I mean? Or if I go see everybody right now and everyone's filming, I'll film a bit, but then I'm going to get carried away. So getting into the habit of having a schedule and treating it like a real job definitely helped me because now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, I can coordinate. Hey, we're going to hang out. We're going to film this at this time. And then after we can grab lunch, you know what I mean? Before you kind of play it by ear and then, you know, you wake up at one, now it's five, your brand deal's doing two hours. You haven't filmed it. It's just already nine o'clock on the east coast exactly dude you know my parents are in bed so it's like yeah treating it like it's a job not taking it for granted and you know i've had moments where my work ethic's great and then moments where my work ethic is dog shit so um just like everybody else in the world um but honestly getting to that point where things feel like a schedule has helped me out the most because now i know when i am filming whether it's with people or alone so I, I literally now have separated networking and socializing versus working. You know what I mean? So I've just built that schedule for myself. When did, um, you know, some of the other aspects of your career come into play? So like the music coming back in, yeah. the modeling start to, to show up. You want to talk about that? Sure, bro. I always knew I wanted to do music. And then I originally brought that up to my manager. I was probably one of like the first people that said that to her because there's infinite influencers that are like, oh, I want to do music now. And that's great, but you know, like I said, music's been in my heart at my core. So I always had that in the back of my mind. I was always talking about it. I've just been taking sessions for like three years now, whether it was vocal lessons, um, you know, just sessions with different producers in different areas. Even if I wasn't posting it, I was always working on it. So I started to implement that more and more. And then finally got to the point where I was like ready to release a song and, you know, really built a good network of people. And um, I kind of just, that's when I changed everything. I, you know, changed my at overnight to Severin. I was like, dude, this is who I am at my core. This might be new for you guys, but this is what I've always wanted. And, you know, dude, I had a very successful rebrand. I know for a lot of people, that's like the toughest thing. Um, so I'm very thankful and grateful that we had a successful rebrand and it's just been music ever since. But implementing modeling came with the music. Um, obviously, artists and musicians have a certain persona, a certain look. And for me, um, you know, like I said, we touched on the Travis Scott and the Kanye West thing. I started like posting what I was wearing and it drew attention. It got people, you know, asking, where's this from? What are you doing? And so um, I remember I made a connection with one of my friends who, you know, owns jewelry right here. It's literally his brand. Shout out Jackson. It's my people. Um, and then he just asked, he's like, why don't you come down and shoot with us? I was like, okay. I went down and I shot and my manager had saw it. She's like, how'd you like it? I was like, I like it. She's like, why don't you actually like outside of this, you know, friends and family thing like try this so i'm like okay so we took a couple brand deals that involved posting on social media but we were doing like professional shoots with it i was like yeah i kind of like this and then um like it got bigger and bigger and then we started doing brands like saint laurent and hollister and that was like pretty cool i got like a little taste of like working with bigger brands on the modeling side of things and i just fell in love with it so now i just kind of post it and it really goes hand in hand with the lifestyle like i'm an artist but i also do this because Let's be honest, even like the NBA now has those pages called like league fits and stuff. We always care about what those like higher ups are wearing and stuff. So it just goes hand in hand with the lifestyle. What was what was it like working, you know, with a brand like Hollister that you probably grew up going, walking by in the mall like yeah. every weekend or, you know, Saint Laurent, big kind of dream brand. Yeah, that was that was pretty crazy, bro. For me, like when I was in middle school, 
all we wore was Hollister. You know what I mean? Or like Abercrombie. And so when I got the opportunity, I was like, whoa, that's like kind of crazy. And I'm thinking like, they'll probably ship me the clothes. I'll probably hire a photographer for the shoot, whatever, get a budget. And my manager was like, no, like they're flying you out to their headquarters in Columbus, Ohio. And I was like, whoa. And I remember, dude, it was like, this is a crazy story. I had a brand deal with Celsius in Hollister back to back in the same 48 hours. So I flew from LA to Miami, did Celsius's event, you know, showed my face, made sure I was there, you know, thank you for flying me out. I'm here. And I stayed there till the event ended at like midnight. I left at like 1030. And then at midnight, I had a driver pick me up and drive me to Tampa, Florida from Miami. So I got there at like three something in the morning, flew to Atlanta. Atlanta was my cutoff, flew to Columbus. I got into Columbus at like eight in the morning. So I just shot with Celsius like less than 12 hours ago, whatever it was. It's like seven in the morning. My call time's nine. I hit the hotel. I shower. I go to the warehouse. I'm like sleeping at this point. You know what I mean? And I had one of the people on my team meet me in Columbus from LA to make sure like everything went smoothly and stuff. And I get there. He's like, all right, man, you ready to shoot? I'm like, dude, I am dead right now. But that like, like we talked about suppressing your inner child, I actually like kind of like reignited him. I was like, bro, this is like a brand you wore, like, you know, in your childhood. I don't care how tired you are, like drink a Celsius. You know what I mean? Like get up. So um, once we started shooting, bro, I didn't even feel the the um, tiredness or, you know, whatever it was. Um, I started shooting. Obviously they were like, we're going to put you in this look. We're going to do this. Like, tell us what you like. And just, you know, getting the tour of the warehouse. I'm like, bro, like, you know, seventh grade me is probably freaking out right now. So it was such a blessing to work with a brand like that and build like, you know, the connects there and stuff. And uh, after that shoot, I flew back home. I was super tired. It was like 48 hours of work, but um, it was super cool to fly there, get the experience of like professionally modeling, working with a brand. Um, but I got to say the coolest was like when people DM you a picture of you like in the store or, you know, you go on like Hollister.com and like you're the front page. I was like, that's when like seventh grade me was like, okay, like the work goes into fruition or comes to fruition. And yeah, just seeing that page. I remember I showed my mom. She's like, what? Like cool full circle moment from like, you know, younger you to now. Is there like a, so you said that, you know, some days it's modeling, some days it's music. Like what's like your method to your madness? Everything kind of funnels into Severin, you said. Yeah, dude. But, um, you know, like how do you decide, well, you know, oh, today's music, today's modeling. Yeah. Like, what's your schedule like? Dude, it's actually funny. I'll show you this on my phone real quick. Like I said, building a schedule, bro. I have this, like I'm super organized. You can kind of see it. Maybe I'll show the camera if like they can even see this. I doubt it focuses. You can see it over here. If you want to send a screenshot. Yeah, I, I will, bro. Yeah, I'll send you guys that. But dude, I have like a daily to-do list as a widget on my, you know, right here. You guys want me like, can I read it out loud? Yeah, cool? yeah. Yeah. So like every single day is like, you know, wake up. First thing I do is I read my Bible and I annotate. I'm like, if I don't start my day with the word, like even if it's like Bible app, my phone, I have like two or three Bibles in my room. Uh, I make sure I get like my spiritual food for the day, right? I have my emails, check my emails. I have my iPad. I have certain emails, like, you know, the house that I have is, you know, ran through me in terms of like utilities and things like that. So I just make sure like financially everything's set, bills are paid. Uh, I journal next. I have my journal. I'll go in my studio. I write down like things I'm grateful for, stuff like that. I call my family. I take my vitamins. I lift. Uh, I film my social media content. So I make sure like, okay, do I have to film anything today? No, I filmed it yesterday. Okay, we'll just post. I haven't filmed today. Okay, we'll film that, right? I get my 
social media content out of the way. Then I work on my clothing brand. I plan my podcast and then I write my music and then I read. So it's like, I just have this like list of checkboxes and not every day do I hit everything perfectly, but it's kind of a chronological outline where I keep myself like, just make sure it's in the back of your head. Did we do this? Okay. We don't have to do this today. Skip past it. Check. You know what I mean? Um, but deciphering whether something's like a music day or like, you know, a shoot day, like for me, every Wednesdays is a shoot day. You know what I mean? I like make that. I talk to my, my people, my team, like I schedule Wednesdays as like, this is when I'm shooting. You know what I mean? Work with the brands or we'll work around their schedule. But music is something I don't schedule for a reason. I put at the bottom of my list because I don't put a creative cat or a time on like my creative capacity. Dude, it could be like 2 a.m. And I'm like about to go to bed and like, oh, I got to write this in my notes, like just an idea. Um, or I could be in the studio from like 12 to five and it could run till eight. You know what I mean? So music is like that last thing that I'm like, okay, unless I have a studio session planned for this time and this date, like I'm going to work on it. Dude, I'll be in the middle of working out. And if I have lyrics come to my head, screw the working out. Like that is my priority. That is my hobby. That's where my heart is. Like I will stop what I'm doing to focus on that. So I have an outline of the things that I need to do and what I want to do. And then, you know, if the heart speaks, the heart speaks. It's very interesting to hear you say that music is your priority, but it's also at the very bottom of your to-do list. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, I thought that was cool. Dude, it's funny because I make sure I do the things that, you know, pay the bills and what people know me for. I got to make sure, like, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, people are taking care of you and supporting you. You also have to provide them with something. So I make sure, like, that's like the first couple hours of my day, whether it's two, three hours, usually doesn't exceed that. And then, um... Although it's like at the bottom of my priorities in terms of, you know, what I'm doing until the day, like a label tells me like, you have to do this at this time for this. And it becomes my everything. That's when it will be at the top of the totem pole. Cause theoretically I can hit up my producer. Dude, I got an idea. Let's send bounces. Like, dude, we're working from like some nights it's 1am. Some days it's 10am. I got off a call. My producer's in Virginia right now. I got off the phone with him at 930 last night. You know what I mean? So it's like, Although it's like where my heart is, it's the number one priority. It's also like where I have to understand, okay, some things have to take the driver's seat right now and we'll get there when we get there. But if I have an idea, I'll write it down along the way. Is music, um, you know, making that your main focus? That, yeah. that is still your goal, right? Of course. That's the end all be all. Like if I could full time, you know, my, my goal in, within the next you know year or two is to be, you know, a nationwide, if not worldwide touring artist. Um, and just do that full time because I think the clothing brand posting like the, the content, like posting social media will get better with things like that. Like you see mm. artists that are like on tour, like, dude, it's so sick. Like There's literally travel influencers, right? Well, if you're an artist on a world tour, you're technically a traveling influencer at that point. If you're posting, it's like, so it just, and then it's like, okay, I'm in London. What am I wearing while I'm in London? Okay. I'm in Tokyo. There's sick fashion out there. What am I wearing while I'm in Tokyo? And if you have your own brand, you inspire lookbooks. And exactly, stuff in bro. Yeah, yeah. Inspire lookbooks. You can work with brands in the area. Maybe I'm in, you know, some crazy, like maybe I'm in Berlin and I get inspired by the fashion there. I'm like, oh, dude, I got to put this down. Like, I personally think music is just like an umbrella and everything just fits underneath it. And so, yeah, that's why it's the end all be all. But at the same time, it's also where my heart has been for, you know, 22 years. Do you ever get like imposter syndrome being out in LA and like now nah, you got millions of followers, like you're the man out there, but you know, you're at the end of the day, you're just a kid from the North shore. Yeah. Is it like difficult seeing, you know, being in the same room with Bieber or Drake or like, how do you, how do you deal with the fact that realizing that you're supposed to be there? Dude, I, I really get imposter syndrome when I'm like with 
when I come back home a lot because I'll just be like out there. People are so jaded. You're like, oh, I was at this event with these people. That's just a normal conversation. And then I come home and I just say that. So like normally so jadedly, my friends are like, wait, what? You, you know that person? Yeah, I see him every day. Like I, I, I see him once a week, you know, whatever it is. I see him every Wednesdays when I'm shooting, whatever it is. And they're like, that's not normal. And then I'm like, wait, that person's like A-list celebrity, B-list celebrity, whatever it is. I'm just, I'm just me, bro. Like it kind of does feel like, you're like, am I supposed to be there? Like in my heart, when I'm living in the moment, I'm like, yeah, like I work for this. I'm here for this. And I'm, I'm kind of at my floor when I want to be at the ceiling. But when I come home and that's just such like a, it rolls off the tongue, like, yo, yeah, I was with this person at this place. And that's just like, to me, it's normal. I'm not flexing. I'm not doing anything out of pocket. But to them, that's like, that's not normal. You kind of feel that sense of imposter syndrome. It's like, wait, this isn't reality for everybody. You know what I mean? And then you get to the point where it's like, I'm not as successful as them. That's a household name. I'm not. Why am I in the room with, the, you know what I mean? You start to question yourself, but that's where I think having that good system of family and friends. And like I said, God comes in handy because it's like, no, you work for this. This is your dreams, your passion, your purpose. And it's like, if they remind you of who you are and like, you know what you are and you don't have any malicious intent and you have pure intentions, it's like, you deserve to be in that room, you know? So you it fluctuates like the heartbeat. Some days I'm like, I'm supposed to be here. Other days I'm like, what am I doing here? So just like everybody else. On the other side of that, like have there been younger kids that have come up to you in LA that were kind of either starstruck by you or they wanted mentorship from you because you've been out there for a while? Yeah, bro. I get a lot of kids that are starting out that I'll meet. Even if they're, I've actually had people that pass me in followers where I have messages to this day when they were first starting out being like, dude, I love that you use your platform for this. How did you post like this? Whatever it is. And they're like, you know, I'll be like, yo, text me, man. Here's my number. And then they'll send me like such a nice message of like, bro, I can't believe like I have your number. Like I've been watching your stuff for this. And then next thing you know, they're like the next like biggest thing. And it's kind of cool, you know, going from somebody who like, it's like, you're, you know, and like, there's that like basketball coach that's got like the player and then like the player becomes like the goat and he always looks back at his coach or something like that. And it's like, not that I'm the coach or that I'm taking credit like that at any given point. It's just cool to see people ask for like mentorship the same way that I did at one point where I talked about like meeting your idols and then becoming friends with them. It's like, I'm not saying I'm their idol, but you know, maybe that person looked up to me for advice. Maybe I was their older brother, whatever it was. And you know, it's great to see them flourish and whether they're, you know, as successful, more successful, whatever their ceiling is. It's like super dope to see people come up to me asking for advice. And I think me being 22 as well, I meet a lot of kids that are like 18, 19 that, you know, when I was 19, you know, I understand what that's like to be intimidated by such a big pool. So to have them come to me like, yo, you were here three years ago. Like what decision would you make? I get it all the time, whether it's faith, relationships, business, um, you know, you can name it. It's, it's kind of cool to be like that elder for them at that point, the same way that other people were for me. Yeah. These younger kids that are reaching out to you, um, like how do you decide if you want to work with them or collaborate with them? Because you said that, you know, when you were younger, you didn't want to glaze everybody that was older and you were just trying to do your own thing. 100%. So, like, how do you decide if, you know, you want to work with these kids or not? Reading the room, man. Authenticity. If you, the first thing you do when I meet you is, man, we're not working. You know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> like, uh, I know where your intentions are. You want to show everybody what you're doing. But if the first thing I meet you is, we're sitting down, you're passionate. Dude, I met this one kid at the gym at, at Lifetime. He came up to me, he just had so many questions for me. And it was so cool, you know what I mean? Just answering them like, yeah, I did this when I was your age and this. And bro, he stepped aside from the social media thing 
was like, I know you like you were a basketball player before all of this. And he specifically asked for basketball training, things like that, bro. It felt so refreshing. And then I actually learned a lot from him in my faith and other things. It's like when he was there to know me and, you know, learn from my mistakes or stories and lessons, it was, I knew I wanted to work with him immediately. Things like that. When I read the room and I see people's hearts and their intentions, where their mind is, it's like, if I know you're authentic, I am so willing to help you or learn from you, work with you, whatever it is. But if you're superficial, like I said, you're more worried about showing people than actually providing something. It's like, all right, we'll probably step away for a bit. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite, like up and coming younger creators that you have maybe worked with or haven't, but you're just yeah. kind of on your radar? Dude, up in, in terms of like creators and stuff like that, I'm not the biggest on social media, but I see a lot of like artists and rappers that um, are more successful than me in terms of music, but are younger than me. And one that I want to shout out is Charlie on a Friday. Uh, recently met him, you know, more on like a brother basis. You know what I mean? Like we've known each other. We've been mutuals for at least probably a year on social media. Um, but he was out in L.A. and we had been at the same events and parties. And we were just kicking it, talking about like, you know, man to man stuff. And dude, he's such a cool person. He just did a world tour um, with Macklemore and he just opened up for Tate McRae who's you know Tate is blowing She's up crushing it. Yeah, so shout out to Tate too that's another one I don't know Tate personally but um, Tate is crushing it I think she's 20 or 21 like to see that much success as like a she's doing a tour now yeah she's doing her own headline yeah, I think Charlie's funny. actually opening up for her too but shout out to Charlie man he's got a really good head on his shoulders for you know his age and the people that he's collabed with and worked with um, he's only 20 years old man you know Godspeed best of luck success He's got a ton of talent and, you know, just as a man talking to him, he's got a better head on his shoulders at 20 than I did. So, I mean, that comes with touring the world and stuff, but shout out to him. That's definitely someone I'll shout out. Yeah. When you go on a world tour, who do you want to, like, who's your dream act to open for? Is, Ooh. It, is it Bieber or? I mean, dude, if I could open for Bieber, that'd be crazy. Um, yeah, dude. Leroy even. I think Leroy's super cool. I think his music would probably fit more. Um, yeah, probably Bieber or Leroy. Do you know uh, 3478 then? Yeah, I know of him. Yeah. I don't know him personally, okay. but I, I'm familiar with his music. Yeah. His stuff is kind of in that vibe as well. Yeah, he's got a cool he's, alternative he's vibe young, He's, he's young, young, right? He's yeah, he's, was he 20? Uh, I don't know, but he's young. Yeah, he's I think young. he might be 20 or 19. Even. Yeah, yeah. Young kid, but like I said, oh, there's that David kid too, the D4VD. You guys know David? He like blew up recently okay. too. He's a young kid and he's just, you know... Shout out to him too, man. I saw his stuff on TikTok. I think he literally used to record off an iPhone mic in a closet. And now he's like you know, a big studio artist. So shout out to him. Has the music industry really like brought in and like embraced that new kind of path to becoming a successful artist of like, it's really like centered around social media. Cause you bring up Tate McGray, you bring up some of these guys, like that's how they got started. And that's yeah. kind of your, what you're talking about. And then, you know, they, they are able to grow more, as an artist, um, but has the kind of the suits and like the, the offices, they've, mm -hmm. they've embraced that a little bit. Dude, I know people who are assigned to labels. I won't say what labels or what people, but like they literally can't release until they have a certain amount of pre-saves. And how do you drive pre-saves? Social media. Oh, we got to post more. The number one thing I hear from artists who are super successful, maybe they have, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of monthly listeners. They're signed to a label, but their following's not the biggest, right? they'll say to me or someone that else is that's in social media. It's like, dude, how do I post this? What do I do? They're always asking like what to post because labels are so big on TikTok because TikTok drives that traffic. A lot of these up and coming artists 
are so successful because they're just geniuses at marketing. Like one person that I always comes to mind if, you know, coming off the top of social media branding is Swago and Connor Price. These guys do like the studio skits and they're like, oh, like if this guy was in the studio and then they, you know, they act out as if they were the producer, the artist, then like a bystander. And, you know, they're getting millions of views, not only just on the video, but they're teasing their song. It's genius. So I think, you know, labels and executives have definitely embraced the social media game because that's what's driving the streams right now. And, uh, you know, you got to adapt to survive and modern times call for modern measures. And that's like, you know, exactly what social media is for the music game. Yeah. So uh, I think wrapping this up, where do you see yourself, you know, Severin, this brand, musician, creator, entrepreneur in, you know, the next five years? The next five years imagine you see how kanye has like yeezy i want to have my own clothing brand of that and then you know maybe it's obviously not like yeezy kind of plays off kanye west he calls himself Yeezy, all that stuff but i want to have a clothing brand as successful as that you know what i mean something that big and whereas like travis scott has his like deal with nike maybe i want to partner with something like that you know big on the clothing stuff but in five years I want to have a successful clothing brand and I want to have a successful lifestyle brand, whether that means branching into certain things. But man, I just want to be financially set up so that I can retire my mom. I want my brother to have his hands in whatever, you know, he needs to in terms of the music industry and entertainment. Um, And I want to take my friends on a tour. I think the first thing I want to do um, after the next five years, you know, hopefully touring a couple times would be to have a giant show in Boston free so I can bring out like all my family and friends and Dude, if I could ever sell out like TD Garden, that would be like the I made it moment. So in five years, hopefully we can check back in on that. We'll do a backstage pod when you sell out TD Garden. Dude, that would be sick. Yeah, 100%. You got my word for it right now. Yeah, my word for it, bro. We'll do it. Can't wait. We'll do that. Cool. Well, uh, um, thanks for coming on, man. We always kind of... We always kind of run out of things to say, and that's how we kind of determine it's over. Yeah, no, dude. Thanks for having me, bro. This was great. Um, I know I had some lengthy answers and probably babbled a bit but no, no he's, we're good he's yeah. good at cutting them up and yeah. you know cool. making it sound good cool so, bro but, best uh, of luck with everything thanks and, man uh, you guys as well you guys are doing like something sick too like i always when i see like local love or something like you know people from home like curating something like even you know my boy told me about y'all and i was like i, I checked it out and i was like bro the success that you guys have already had is like sick like you know the success is astronomical like you know the sky's the limit yeah. like keep going with it run it up and I think you guys have something not only cool going on, but you guys obviously are successful in your own industries, and I think it's going to make for a really good podcast. So. Thank you. Of course, bro. I appreciate that. Of course, yeah. man. Yeah. All right, we'll see you in the garden in uh, a couple of years. Yeah, in a couple of years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go.